I am Jonathan Hemingway. I am your host for the Elite is Earned podcast. Today, we have Adia Barnes as our guest. She enters her first year as a head coach at the University of Arizona and currently has the Wildcats with an 11-6 and record and with two Pac-12 wins already. Today, we will talk about her returning to her alma mater to rebuild the women's program there. She will also talk about her time as an assistant coach at the University of Washington to help rebuild that program. And Coach Barnes will also speak about her days as a player, as a collegiate athlete, and as a WNBA champion. Coach Barnes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I can speak for, for everybody involved. Chris Hansen, um, Marcus Burnett, and, and myself, we're very happy to have you on here. Truly uh, an, an honor. You've got your team 11-6 and six so far this year. Not a bad start for your first year yeah. at Arizona. What, what are your feelings uh, about the, the team and the program thus far? Well, my feelings are, you know, this is a team. It's, it's my first year, obviously, with the team, and the team's been great. I think one of the hardest things as a collegiate athlete is when there's a coaching change. Um, you know, new staff coming in here that has, hasn't recruited you as a player, so that's hard. So I think that I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how I was going to be received or how receptive everybody would be. But the players have been awesome. Um, they've really done everything I've asked. They've been like sponges just wanting to soak it up and learn. And they've done a tremendous job. I wish that I would have had them for all four years. You bring up an interesting point there you know, in terms of, of coaching changes and, and kids that are on the roster uh, that, that weren't recruited by you. And, and I think this is, this is something, you know, from the outside that many people don't think about. Uh, what have been, you know, some of the important things that you've done with this current team, with the kids that, that are on your roster to, to really connect with, uh, with those young ladies? Well, I knew that, um, you know, coming in here, I knew that there was, it was important to really build the chemistry and get this team together. I knew the team hadn't had a tremendous amount of success in the past. So sometimes, you know, I know as a player that you know, losing becomes a mentality and it becomes contagious. And you have to learn how to win and you have to learn what it takes. So my first thing was to make sure that I'm building a championship culture. Champions on and off the court and being compelled and getting people that really want to be here, really want to win, really want to be a part of everything great and it's an everyday process. Um, so I knew that coming in early, doing a lot of team stuff. When I first came here, my first couple of meals with the players, um, no one spoke. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, mm. we don't talk. <laughs> so, you know, we're not like really a team. So I started doing a whole bunch of team activities where it was actually team, team building without the players knowing it was team building. So, um, right. you know, we started doing things together, eating together, kind of getting to know each other on different levels. And, you know, it, it was awesome. Now when I watch our team, how we interact and the things we do together, it's, it's awesome. And to me, that's directly correlated to the court. You're not going to be best of friends always. You may not get along with everybody, but you got to learn how to respect each other and how to work together. And I felt that, um, you know, we're doing that now. We're playing harder. We're learning what it takes to win. But it's a process, and it's everyday reinforcement right now. So interesting that you talk about that so-called chemistry you hear it a lot of times from, from the pros on down. Um, you know, it is a job in many ways. You know, you have to go to work and, and work on your craft. But 
like you say, you don't have to necessarily be friends uh, off the court, but there, there's definite value in being able to get along and communicate on the court. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, that's very valuable because if you don't respect each other and know how to work together and trust each other in different things, you're not going to trust each other when you're going to war. Yeah, there's little things. It's just like you know, the environment in the locker room. That's just our team, um, you know, going to do things, community service. You have to learn how to give back, and you have to learn how to be appreciative, and you have to have a serving mentality. Um, those things are really important as I'm building a championship culture and program. No question. Let's talk, talk a moment about some of the individual players that are having good seasons for you. LaBrittany Jones having a great season. 15 points a game, seven rebounds, even two blocks per game. And you even have a freshman who is in your starting lineup, Lucia Alonso from Spain, shooting uh, 45%, I believe, from the, from the arc. Talk about uh, some of the individual players that uh, perhaps are living up to expectations or perhaps are even exceeding your expectations on the court. Well, one of those would definitely be um, Lucia Alonzo. She's a freshman, so sometimes I'm hard or critical on her, and I, and I remember sometimes I take a look back, I'm like, okay, he's only a freshman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's been great. You know, she's, she came from overseas, so has the overseas mentality and really unselfish. Sometimes I'm like, Lucia, you need to be a little bit more selfish. But um, she's, she's a pass-first point guard. She's really smart. Really, really high basketball IQ. Really makes everybody around her better. And that's why I just love coaching her. And she's just been continuing to improve and improve, and I can't wait to coach her for the next few years. You also talked about Melina Washington um, before we went live on the podcast. You talked about her as a senior having, having a great year. Take a moment to, to talk about uh, Melina for a moment. Yeah, Melina... Um, she is having a great year. She's she's becoming a better leader, too. Um, you know, she's not the most vocal person, but when she speaks, it's important. And I think that she's becoming more vocal, and she's, she's been wonderful for me. She's playing the one and the two guards. She's someone that can attack and create her own shot. And so that's been invaluable because we didn't have a lot of people that can create, can create their own shot. So she's been special in that sense. Um, she has no fear. She's a gamer. She's someone who doesn't care for playing UConn, doesn't care for playing, you know, Louisville, Tennessee. She wouldn't care who it is. She'll go in there and she's fighting, and she's got that bulldog mentality, and I love it. Um, she's tough, and, and she's also a great kid. She's been a leader in the locker room. She's been a leader on the court. She's really brought people together. And if you don't have your your top players or your leaders leading the team in a good way or your best players leading, then the team's not right. going to follow. So she's been really integral in that. You've had a storied, uh, you know, past as a, as a player, all-time leader, and uh, points scored at the University of Arizona. 2004, you were a WNBA champion with the Seattle Storm. You've been around some great coaches, um, uh, your your uh, the coach at Arizona, Joan Bavinci, uh, uh, is. I figured I'd help uh, you out. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, um, is is up for uh, I believe the Hall of Fame uh, election uh, either this year or next. You were coached by Ann Donovan. 
in Seattle and then had the chance to, to work with Coach McGuff and Coach Neighbors in, in Washington. What have you learned, uh, you know, from those coaches uh, over, over the years? You know, are their styles the same or, you know, did they differ in any ways? Well, they've all been very, very different. Um, I've learned so much. So not only them, we're talking Lynn Dunn, Jenny Bustick, Brian Agler, just those, and Dan Hughes. They've all, those were all really, really good coaches. Um, Ann Donovan definitely learned some strategy. She was really a post coach. So post players really, really played at a different level with her. And, you know, she was a, a she was an all-American post player herself. Um, but right. I learned how she kind of ran the team and different things she did. So I try to take drills if I remember a lot of them for all, all, all my years of playing. Um, Brian Agler, very um, very interesting because I played for him my second year in the pros, and he was a lot more like, – he was, like, really hard, really tough. Mm-hmm. There was no out-of-bounds. Yeah. But then it was fun to see him. I worked with him then later with the Storm. And it was fun to see how he had changed. And what changed him is he had never been really an assistant. So he went from a head coach, high level, then went back, you know, lost the job, got fired from the Lynx, then became an assistant. And I think he grew a lot in that period because it was nice to see him years later. He was different. And so I learned, right. I learned a lot, just like the way he dealt with the team. And he's a great basketball mind, but the way he ran his organization, the things that he um, – valued and I just I really liked it. Dan Hughes Dan Hughes played he coached at the Rockers, then San Antonio. Really good basketball mind too. I remember working a lot on spacing and reading and just different actions which I like and I implement in practice a lot. Um Lynn Dunn, really great with her players, good basketball mind. So I just kind of tried to take a little bit from each coach, whether it's style, whether it's tactics, whether it's um, just things I remember they do, and I tried to kind of take all the things I love and then just not use the things I didn't really like or not use the things I didn't agree with, or some stuff maybe didn't like at the time as a player, but know it's essential for the program. Sure. So, I, you know, and sometimes I'm still friends with Lynn, I'm still friends with Anne, Brian, so sometimes I'll call and I'll shoot stuff off of them, but they've all taught me a lot, and I think it's helped me today. What type of... Pl- oh. As a player, what type of coach did you like to play for? Did you like to play for that very high-demanding coach, or did you like to play for the coach that, you know, was a little bit more, you could say, relationship-oriented? I liked um, relationship and demanding. So you could, like, have kicked my butt on the court, and you could have challenged me and told me in my face, like, you suck today, and you need to pick it up, or she's killing you, and I would have responded. So I like someone that challenged me. I like someone that was that I knew cared about me. So I, I didn't need, like, praise or – but I did need sometimes – you pat me on the back, but then if you pat me on the back, then you can, you can, you can rip me down, like, 20 times. I'm going to run through a wall. So someone was like, hey, I know you can do better. Challenged me but motivated me. That was the type of coach I played for. So I try to be – I'm not like a, a coach that screams every second because coaches that I played for like that, I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen at all. It just went one ear out the other. So I try to, when I need to bring intensity and say something with intensity, I do it, but I try not to be that broken record. Um, I want my players to know I care because I do care. I care that and I want them to be great while they're playing basketball to me. And sometimes being great is tough love. 
And sometimes I know Joan Bombacini kicked my butt my first two years. And she put me in line. But then I didn't realize it at the time because I hated her at the, those first two years. I realized it when I was a junior, senior, like, wow, she's teaching me. Then I realized it even more when I was 25, 26, 27. Like, if she would have done that stuff, this is where I'd be. This is how I'd be. And now I'm like this because of X, Y, and Z. So I don't mind challenging them. I have no problem going to tech class. I have no problem holding players accountable because there are expectations and standards, and that's a part of trying to be great. So I don't, I'm not lenient when it comes to that stuff. I demand a lot, but, but they know I care at the end of the day. At the end of the day, what I tell them is, I'd rather you call me. You make a mistake and you're out at a party at 3 in the morning. I'd rather you call me right. and I come pick you up before you get in the car. Yes, you are going to be disciplined. Yes, you're going to hear about the next day. I'm going to be mad. But you're going to be safe and I care about you more than and you made the mistake versus compounding a mistake and doing something you regret for your life. So it's those so kind true. of things. So I just, I'm, it sounded I'm like the, the lessons that my parents tried to uh, instill in me at a, at a young age. Well, I think it's important. It's important because uh, they, they have to know you care. And yes, they will be disciplined. Yes, you are going to get in trouble for that. But it's okay. Like, we've all made mistakes. And so I, and it's a lot of it's about being a better person. I, I know that there was a couple things I could do great. Was I going to go come in my first year and out-coach Tara Vandeveer and beat UConn? No. Okay, I'm not my first year. But what I knew is, there was a couple things I know that I can be some of the best at in the country. And the first thing was mentoring my players because I've been at every level. I've been a star player. I've been All-American. I've been the last person on the best. I know what that feels like. I know the difference. I know the work it takes. And I was never a great player, but I worked my butt off and no one was going to outwork me. So I, I know how to mentor. I know what it takes to, to push for something and want to do TV and go do it. Or No one thought I'd be at my alma mater in this amount of time, but – I know what it takes and how to plan for that, and I know how to mentor. Um, so I knew that that was one of the best things I could do. Out of any program in America, I was, I'm really, I know that that's one of the best things that we can do as I build this program. So that was important to me. Coach Barnes, going to take a break to hear from sure. our sponsors on the Elite is Earned podcast. We will be back shortly to talk more with basketball coach Adia Barnes. Are you a basketball player looking to get to the next level? Do you need help developing your game and your reputation for college coaches to see? Check out the CoachHemi.com camp series. These camps run year-round across the Southeast with camps for high school and middle school age prospects. Our camps provide the maximum amount of exposure a prospect can receive outside of the NCAA evaluation weekends. Our trainers and evaluators are there to help you. Visit CoachHemi.com to find the next camp nearest you. Welcome back to the podcast. Talking with Coach Adia Barnes from the University of Arizona. We're talking a lot about your, your mentorship uh, of, of the kids, you know, before we took the break. But looking back on your playing days, you know, all-time leading scorer at the University of Arizona, WNBA champ, as we've talked about, uh, an assistant on a Final Four team. You've even, you know, been in the broadcast booth, uh, you know, on the sidelines with the Seattle Storm for uh, several years. You, you are 
as invested in the game of women's basketball as perhaps, you know, anybody uh, right now. Do you, uh, what do you see in, in the game of women's basketball that, that is good and perhaps, you know, what needs to be changed? Well, I love this game. This game has um, changed my life. It's provided opportunities I would have never had. It's taken me places. I've been to over 40 countries. I've lived all over the world. But I'm a different person because of basketball. Um, we're, we're given so many opportunities today. When I first got to college, there was no WNBA. My junior year, the WNBA was born, and it's been very successful, and it's, it's not going anywhere. Um, I love the fact that we as women have an opportunity to do what we love, get a college degree, not have one student loan, you know, play college basketball, and have right. an opportunity after to get into broadcasting, to get into professional basketball in the States, to get into professional basketball overseas. These are great opportunities. Um, so I, I love that. I think that, you know, more women, I think more former players need to become coaches. I think that we need it in the game. Um, and we need to be successful when we are. The Don Staley's is only a couple of them, and Coquise Washington yep. and Nikki Caldwell. There's just there's not a lot, but I think that there's um, a great deal of potential and a great a lot of women that can be great coaches. And I, and I, I like to see that because if I was a player or when I was a player, I would have loved to have played for someone that did it. I would have loved to have played yep. for someone that knew what it takes to get there, has done it, knew how hard it was. Uh, you know, maybe they weren't the best, maybe they were the best, but just kind of knows what I want. And and I, I thought that would have been awesome. So that's why I think that our role as a women's basketball are valuable. And it's not all about only going to play pro. Maybe that's not for everybody, and that's okay. But you can get into broadcasting. You can get into so many things and stay around the game you love, even sure. not as a player. So I think it's um, – You know, you, you bring up a, a great point, um, Coach, you know, talking about, you know, really giving back to the game and, uh, you know, women staying within the game, whether it be, you know, on the sidelines or, you know, as a broadcaster. But, you know, being from, from my side of things as a camp director, even an event operator, you know, watching these young women use the game of basketball as a vehicle to gain confidence in themselves, their abilities, to see them go on uh, to, to achieve you know, things beyond basketball. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't even always have to be within the game. They can go on to become, whether it's teachers, business women, lawyers, whatever it is. I think basketball uh, can provide so many different opportunities for for everybody within it. Yeah, it for sure can. And it's, it's important. And I think that giving back, that's why it's so important for me and my players. One of the couple things I did when I got here at Arizona was I looked at what are we good at. Like, I was tired of hearing what we were bad at. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know we're yeah. bad at after a couple of days. The whole community, everybody told me, okay? So it was yeah. pretty irritating at my alma mater. I was like, well, what can we be great at? And what can I impact right away? I knew that I was not going to tomorrow win the championship, right? But I knew yeah. that I could do the little things to start to do that. So... I said, well, what are the things I can control immediately and have an impact on this community, have people start to say, wow, okay, you know, let me get to know these players. Let me just not go off perception of what I see or I see the appearance, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the first thing was, was I said, okay, we can get out in the community. 
I looked at what our hours were last year, and I said, okay, people are saying we don't go out in the community. We don't know this. We don't know that. They don't know us. I said, fine. So I had built in um, two days a week for um, community service. And so we went out two days a week. So now who's number one in the department? The women's basketball team. So that was one thing. The Mm. fans loved it. People loved getting to know us, never got to know us before. I said, okay, I'm doing autographs after every game. So after every game, the kids sign autographs. Fans love it now. People are staying after. They're not getting pushed out of the building right away. They really enjoy it. And then I said, well, what are some of the other things? I said, okay, people don't want to go to class and stuff. Great. My staff is doing everyday class checks. So I do it about three days a week, and the other staff rotates and does it every day. So we get on the golf cart, and we do rounds, and we class check. So then now we have one of our best semesters academically. So players Mm. are going to value what you value. And so I love being the number one in the department um, for community service. and It's important. It's important to get back. It's important to do those little things. And if you want to be in touch with the community, you have to do it. So those things, the players saw I value, so now they start to value. So now the other things I value on the court, I value team camaraderie. I value huddling. I value talking. I value high fives, those things. So we, we rank it every day. We rank it yeah. and we chart it every day. So we're getting better, but those little things, they're going to do what you value and what you enforce and what you live by and show. So I think that's the process, and we are a different team than we were eight months ago. Hands down, no comparison. You're talking about community involvement, talking about, you know, leadership of, of these young women, teaching them how to be leaders and also involved in the, the community. You're very proud of the Adia Barnes Foundation that, uh, that you've created uh, in past years. You've been very active in, in growing that. Explain to our listeners, you know, what, what your aim is with that project. Well, I haven't had a whole lot of time now that I got this job, and I, I have a, a baby that's a year and a half years old, a year and a half. Um, oh, well, congratulations. So thanks, thanks. I, I was really active more as a pro in, the, in my foundation. The last few years, it's just been hard because of time. So I'll do little things like, you know, bring groups to games and have free clinics and different stuff like that. Here I haven't been able to do it as much because I just was taking over the program, but eventually I'll do, like, you know, I'll go to, like, the most improper school in the city and I'll give 100 tickets, you know, because those kids aren't able to go to basketball games. Or I'll have my players do a free clinic, I'll invite them to practice. I'm still kind of getting my groundwork laid here just because there's been so much with the program, but I take a lot of pride in that foundation. I've had it for, like, 14 years, and um, it's been one of the best things I've done because I was able to use my resources, call, like, an NBA player, call a Major League Baseball player and say, hey, Donate a ball, donate a bat, donate a basketball, um, donate some shoes, and then I was able to raise money and give it back. So I didn't ever make a dollar from it. It was all, if I got $100, I'd go buy $100 worth of supplies. So it was something, a vehicle for me to give back and create some special things for kids. And, you know, it was little things like, you know, like even here, all my girls are going to throw away, like, basketball shoes. So instead of throwing them away, I put them in a box. And I go donate mm. them to a boys and girls club. And that's not, it's not hard things, but it's a kid that maybe never had a pair of new shoes. Our kids barely wear their shoes sometimes. And we yeah. get so much stuff. So it's those things that are really important to me. And mentoring kids and those things are really, really important because if I wouldn't have had mentors, if I wouldn't have had someone to look up to or motivate, you know, I wouldn't have probably been here today. So 
I, I love that. I love the community. I love helping kids, bringing a family, taking someone under my wing. I think it's important. I think you have to do those things, especially when you're in the position to help people. It's, I, I hear coaches all the time talk about character, wanting their team to be something, you know, bigger than just basketball. But it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. And it really appears that, that you're, you're walking the walk and, um, you know, leading the way for these young women. And, and just, you know, hats off to, you know, what you've got building there in, in Arizona. Oh, thank you. It's, you know, it's, it's really fun being at my alma mater. And it's just a blessing for most players. You get to come back to where it all started for you and to, to give back and to make a difference. So I just I couldn't be in a better place. This is definitely a dream job for me. Coach, we know that your your time is very valuable. You've got practice starting maybe only immediately. Your next game tomorrow versus Stanford at home. Big no, challenge. Yes, yeah, so we're leaving here. It's Stanford tomorrow. at Stanford on the road. Even even bigger. What are your thoughts about the game uh, before we we take off here? It's tough. You know, they have a lot of talent. and They're coached so well. Um, you know, we have some different game plans that we're going to do, but it's a tough game on the road, Stanford then Cal. So it's never easy going to the Bay Area, but we're going to be as prepared as we can be and try to get try to get some upsets. Un- understood. Well, again, Coach, we thank you for your time. Um, best you. of luck this weekend in, in the Pac-12 the rest of the season. We'll be checking in on you. And Sunday, uh, Cal, it's a TV game, so you have to make sure you tune in. What channel? Uh, Pac-12 Network. Pac-12 Network. I'll make sure and stream it on the on my computer. Is that, I, okay. I think that's only uh, – is that through Dish Network? Is that correct? No, I think it's Comcast. Comcast. Okay. Well, I, I know that I can stream it on my computer. I'm, we're over here on the East Coast in Atlanta. We've got DirecTV. We haven't caught up with uh, with the West Coast just as of yet. You guys got to get on the bandwagon. You know the West Coast. The West Coast. I, I know. About the West Coast, so you got to you got to learn about the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, thanks again, Coach. Appreciate you. All right. Um, we'll okay. we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. That is all the time we have today on the Elite Is Earned podcast. Be sure to subscribe the podcast on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. Until next time, I'm your host, Jonathan Hemingway.